This episode of the Physio Foundations podcast is the latest in my new graduate series. So in this episode, I'm going to speak to a Monash University physio graduate who I've worked with for a number of years as a former student, Josh Vinton. I'm going to talk to Josh about his experience transitioning from student life to working life and his upcoming plans for working as a physiotherapist in the United Kingdom. Cue the music. Welcome back to the Physio Foundations podcast for another week where we talk about the knowledge and skills that provide the foundation of expert clinical practice. So Josh is a former student of mine in Monash University Physiotherapy, and he now works in private practice in Peninsula Sports Medicine, which is a group of clinics on the beautiful Mornington Peninsula, south of Melbourne, Australia. And since graduating, Josh has been busy adjusting to working life, as you do when you graduate, and building up his knowledge and skills and integrating his interest in sports and musculoskeletal health into his practice. Um, he's also made the bold decision to travel with his fiancee, Alyssa, who's also a, a student in the same year from Monash Uni Physio, um, to the UK. And this was actually Brian Kim's idea to have this conversation, and he sort of suggested this. So thanks for Brian, who's been on previous episodes of the podcast. Um, we thought we'd get some value about talking about not only his experience transitioning from student life to working life, but some of the practical tips he has for others who might be interested in traveling overseas as a young professional. So Josh, really good to connect and see you again. Welcome to Physio Foundations. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Luke. I feel, feel very privileged to be a part of it. Oh, it's look, it's a pleasure's all mine. And we're going to get a lot out of this conversation. And I'm sure others who are planning there, or even thinking about going overseas will be really interested in this. I know of a handful through Brian who are actually actively planning. And this is the start of that conversation. If I can offer anything from, it was 15 years ago for me, if I can offer anything um, of any value, I will. Yeah. But, so um, let's start with you and your background and experiences in studying and transitioning to working life. So tell us a bit about yourself and what you're interested in, what you're doing at the moment. Yeah. So um, I guess, I guess started all in, in 2017. I was lucky enough to get into to physio straight after straight after school, which was um, very fortunate, and got into Monash to work along some some great names like yourself, which is very lucky. Um, and then throughout uni, did my placements with Alfred Health, which was which was great. Got to see how the life in, in the big public hospitals sort of worked. And um, I guess throughout uni, I'd, I'd sort of developed interest in interest in, uh, in private practice. So that was sort of where I saw myself heading and, um, as you said, started uh, Peninsula Sports Medicine after I finished, um, which has been great. And, um, yeah, I've been there, been there ever since, which, is, which has been very fortunate. What sparked your interest in private practice as a student? I think, to be honest, when I started physio, I, I didn't, didn't really know much about physio in, in the hospital setting. I, I think, and that's, that's the same for, for a lot of us. We sort of see the physios that work in sporting clubs and obviously, uh, you know, when you driving down the street, you see physio clinics, but you don't sort of see what goes on in the hospital settings. That was yeah, sort of true. what what piqued my interest to, to get into the course was was that side of things. And then I sort of got in and you learn about what physio is, what the wider scope of physio is and how, how it works in a hospital setting, which is which is actually what the majority of the course is about. <laughs> so that was mm. really interesting to learn about. But um, I guess I, I had that going in. Um, I was big on my sport and, um, you know, seeing physio growing up and that was sort of what piqued my interest. So... I sort of always had that um, had that trajectory planned out, but it was um, it was certainly great learning how the other side of things 
roles as well, and you, and you need you need to have both hats um, in any in any setting that you work in. So, mm. well, you consider. Um, I mean, this this might be a question related to what you might be doing when you work overseas. But would you, yeah, exactly. consider the hospital work as a, as an important part of sort of developing knowledge and skills? Or hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent. I think I think that is from. I'm sort of flying blind with the whole UK thing. I haven't really learned too much about it, but I think. From my understanding, that is the, what the majority of people, Australians, do when they go over there is hospital settings, at least from who I've spoken to. Um, so I've, I've, I guess, not only accepted that but welcomed that, but that could be a good opportunity to uh, get get your foot in the door at a hospital hospital setting because they're, they're sometimes not easy to come by here. Um, but, um, yeah, absolutely. I think it's, it's really important to see how the other half work and um, it does give you some perspective um, from a private practice sense as well because you know, we get lots of patients in that might be a week post-surge and they've come out of seeing their hospital physio and they've been given you know, a list of instructions and you sort of need to see how both, both, sides, of, uh, both sides of it operate. So, um, no, 100%. And I think it would be really great from, a, I suppose, a, just a – you know, you hear a lot about the NHS and how that all operates, and and I think you get a real sense of that in a in a public hospital setting over there. Um, obviously, I've done my clinical placements here, but I've no idea how the NHS operates. So that'd be a good um, good learning experience, I'm sure. Yeah, that's a really important point. That it's not just what you'll be doing, and of course, the healthcare is number one, and having a good time and travelling and developing yourself as well when you're doing that. But um, learning about different healthcare systems and, and different demographics of people. Yeah. I remember when, when I, was, I was over there, I had the v- really interesting experience of, so I was working in Glasgow mainly okay. um, yeah. with Susanna, 2007. What were you doing in 2007? <laughs> 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 that, was, uh, <laughs> um, that was a while ago now. <laughs> we had, um, I had the really interesting experience of talking to someone um, on a home visit that I was doing and I was going across town to another home visit after that and just mentioning I need to get going soon because I need to get across to this suburb in Glasgow and oh that's and they said oh that's on the east side of Glasgow I said yeah yeah I've never been over there I said wow okay (laughs) that was interesting (laughs) I've never left Glasgow (laughs) and they hadn't left the town that was it was really interesting and then working with people with um, and this is a shout out, and just let's just do a bit of a shout out to our international students, some of whom are doing the, the course that you did in their second or third preferred language, right? Yeah, just amazing. list, and and I, this is a native English speaker, and so are the Scots. And sometimes, especially on the telephone, I just couldn't understand what was being <laughs> said. I oh, know it's Scotland, so that's <laughs> that's a common complaint, but I had such a good time over there as well. We should come back to that. Um, those fun stories near the end of this. Yeah, yeah. No, talk about. I'd be, uh, be keen to hear about it. And the travel associated with it and all the other things, the people you meet and everything you do, that's that's so good. I, I want to go back to the the transition for you from university to um, to what, what you're doing now, to working life. So what skills are you developing post-graduation that you, that you find really important in the clinic right now that – we could talk about whether you should have been taught them in university or that's a, a separate matter, but that's a very popular topic on social media, all the things that should be taught. But really, I'd like to get your perspective on what it was like learning in university and then what you're learning now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think obviously, yeah, you could you could dive into that. But I think the I think as, as Brian may put it in one of his episodes, uni prepares you really well from a 
I'll shout out to Foundation's point of view. Like <laughs> they, they set you up really well from um, you know, yeah, to learn learn the basics and and make sure you're you're competent and you you're skilled in the profession. But I think there are some skills that you can only really learn while being hands on and and getting that experience where it's I guess in the private practice setting where it's just you and you and the patient in the room. You've got no one to sort of feed off or it's you know it's not the hospital where you can sort of run out and get someone more experience you've got to you've got to sort of think on your feet a little bit more and that's some of the skills that you do learn that um i guess you can only learn after after graduating so there's there's a beauty of both you learn you learn some skills that you'll i guess inherently learn in uni and then you'll learn some skills that you can only learn in the, in the private practice setting but i guess jumping back to your original question sort of detour detour there but um what what i would have you hear about in uni that's a, it's a really steep learning curve getting into the, the private practice setting and I think you can't really appreciate that until you're in it um, and to to a lot of extent I think I'm still staring up at that that learning curve from uh, from quite low down but you, you do come you do come quite away um, very quickly in, in what you learn um, and I've been helping a few of the new grads out of the clinic at, at our clinic and um you know, you see the questions that they're asking, and they were the same questions that I was asking a few years ago. And 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 to some same extent, you know, back at back at uni, if you go back to uni and help out a few of the first years or second years, they were the same questions that I had. And you sort of look back and think, yeah, I've come come a fair fair way since since back then. So there is a there is a really steep curve, but you do you do get there and you do get up it. What attitude do you need to um, commence the journey onto that learning curve, and? still enjoy your career and still be relaxed and not be too stressed yeah i think one of the best lessons i got taught um from a a senior physio that i um sort of did a bit of work with was that um you got to be okay with making mistakes you got to be you got to and and not only got to be okay with it you got to you got to welcome it you got to sort of acknowledge that that's a part of the process and that's um that's yeah the, the beauty of it and that you make mistakes and you learn from them and then you, you don't make them again the next time and I guess from my experience in the private practice setting um one of those lessons that sort of ties into that is that you don't have to do it all in that first that first appointment I think there's so much pressure I know I felt on day one of yeah you got to diagnose the patient you've got to you know fix the patient you've got to you know do a, a really thorough assessment and have a full understanding of what's going on and that's that's just not realistic um even for me now that's not realistic you've got to just accept that um there are going to be lots of things that you don't know and you've got to um got to be honest with yourself and um welcome that that there's a lot of unknown to the to what you're seeing and then be able to know where to look in terms of uh uh, where to find the, the right answers or at least um have a go at finding the right answers which i think uni sets you up for really well tying back to that point is um where to go and how to how to look for those answers. Mm. So, reflection is such a big part of that answer you just gave. Yeah, and absolutely. Sometimes the reflections that people can have when they're many years post-graduation, reflecting back on, and, and perhaps the, and I, I'm coming back to, again, commentary on the practice behaviours of other people that we, we so often see online. Um, there's there's so much that, so much focus on interventions and and things that are exercises and, and things that are less important to, than what you just said, developing a reflective practice, being yeah. okay to make a mistake, knowing that it's okay to make a mistake, obviously put a limit on the severity of those mistakes. You might say <laughs> screening for red flags is mandatory, but you might make more minor mistakes and reflect and learn from them. So I think that's, that's a really good answer. What about the more concrete skills? Uh, well, 
reflection is a concrete skill. That, that's a very important skill. What about more broadly um, knowledge and skills that you've picked up? Um, th- perhaps in university first, what do you think the most important not foundational knowledge and skills that you learned in university were that you've taken into private practice? Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Um, I think from, well, I guess from, from my point of view, I'm working mainly musculoskeletal, which was in first year uni. Um, which, which does make it a bit tricky because often I find my, myself looking back on that first year where you're often, you know, off in your own lands and not really paying a whole lot of attention in some cases. But um, a lot of it is you don't, like I think back now to those prac sessions where, where you're doing, um, you know, different techniques and, and different manual handling sort of stuff. And at the time, because I've got nothing to, because I had nothing to relate it to, I, I sort of just thought, you know, what am I, what am I doing? I don't know what this is for. And you don't have that, um, I guess, that ability to relate it to where it, where it comes in handy. Whereas now, right. now I do. And um, so it, I guess, you know, if I could turn back time, I'd love to go back to a few of that first prac sessions because you learn, yeah, really important foundational stuff that perhaps at the time I didn't realise was so important. <laughs> I had exactly the same thought pattern when I was about your age and that led me back to doing a master's because Susanna is a Adelaide trained physio okay. and I, qu- I quite uh, quickly realized that I could develop different a different way because it was different over there it's the same same but different the way of yeah. training there was at the time there was more manual therapy focus but there was also a, re- a really um, embedded clinical reasoning framework with Mark Jones and and um, and Mary McGarry there and I, so I did that master's course for that very reason because I just wanted to, I felt I was stronger with the you know, functional assessment, hospital, uh, you know, a range of skills that I'd learned at Latrobe, but then in the 90s back then, and then it was really complimentary then in the mid 2000s to do a different master's course. Yeah, right. And yeah. so I had exactly the same thought. Maybe I kept it to myself. <clears throat> you know, I can see the value of it now. It was yeah. really hard to understand why you were learning those impairment-based tests and the things, you know, those the finer skills. Yeah. When you hadn't seen a patient yet, and that's the thing. They're so crucial now to the way what yeah to what I do. Um, so I guess I did learn them to some extent, but to to answer to answer your question, but I'd love to go back to them as well because um, they are yeah very important and they do they do set you up quite well. Mm. But um, that was I suppose yeah the, the the thing that I guess I learned in uni that I do take most into my practice. Mm. Now, obviously, it's really good to have the the neuro and the resp side of things as well, because inevitably you're going to see patients with those sorts of uh, comorbidities as well. But um, yeah, from a uni perspective, that's um, I really took a lot out of those those practical sessions, even if at the time I didn't <laughs> realise I was. So it sounds like uh, a broad range of clinical skills, handling um, the, the way that you do tests and assessments and and various treatments yeah. so, so a, a I mean, range of clinical skills that you can apply in private practice with a broad range of patients yeah i think i mean i think to be honest with you i think from from starting working in private practice i've probably learned more um communication and non-clinical skills than i probably have clinical skills i think my clinical skills have probably still got a fair way to go to to be honest but um you can get a fair way you can you can get some you know really good results in a fair way through the through the profession by just your non-clinical skills and having a good rapport with patients and um, being able to empathize with people and listening to people and, and all those sorts of fundamentals that um, you I guess they don't 
really teach you by book in uni but they are really important and you pick them up as you go and you and like i said earlier you make mistakes with some and then you learn from them but um i think from starting working to from from a university point of view those are the skills i've mostly picked up uh, more so than any uh new techniques or or hands-on things uh, uh, there's probably still a lot more in that space i could be uh be learning. these are wise words and, and and what are all the professional development offerings focused on at least in this in the sales of them they're focused on you know, techniques you know yeah. interventions and, and knowledge um, yeah, and, and you, they don't, you don't necessarily see a professional development course badge that's building empathy i'm sure they right. exist but that's yeah. if without it you really can't make any inroads you can't help anybody Correct. if you can't connect with them so some wise yeah. words. and you know there's lots of opportunities beyond uni of um doing those hands-on like i've done a few of the um you know, sports level one sports level two um the cervical a lumbar a those sort of uh yeah courses that give you a, a real good grounding for your hands-on skills and, and clinical reasoning and, and those sort of things are really really good to do if if that's where you need to to sort of those are skills you want to learn and need to work on but um like you say you can't uh you can't implement those very well if you don't have that foundational uh communication skills i suppose mm, the ability to sit here like we're doing now and talk to another yeah. person yeah exactly and, yeah and you know what you said before was the ability to make or the the being feeling empowered and supported to make mistakes within a safe you know, constraint and also um that it's okay not to know things and so it hasn't uh, it'll go to air but by the time this conversation goes to air i spoke to ben meadley who's a flight paramedic and i've worked with ben for a number of years he's in the department of paramedicine and that's really a really interesting chat and I need to get yeah, him on right. again and talk talk to him more about the things people really want to know, which is all the helicopters he's repelled out of and <laughs> all the stories of work sounds a lot more interesting than mine, I think. <laughs> yeah, well, he's he's a really interesting guy, done some some amazing work, and so he he would be considered in paramedicine at the top clinically, and now and he's now got a PhD in in his field, so so he's, he's a top professional and his take home message was the importance of or the one of the one of the hallmarks of expertise is people saying i don't know mm. and so yeah, definitely. if you can't say i don't know when you don't know that can lead to mistakes and can lead to trouble yeah and i think it's that there's i think brian touched on this actually in one of his episodes but it's um it can be a bit nerve-wracking sometimes, particularly when you when you first start out. You, you jump into this new clinic, and you know you've got all these senior clinicians. Who you, you know they're sort of, in one sense, your, your bosses, and you don't want to uh, admit to not knowing things because um, it makes you look bad. But I think everyone understands um, that you know we all have to start somewhere, and um, yeah, it's 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 those that exactly that as you say. There's those conversations that you need to have because then you don't you don't ask them again. You learn from them and you you come back with new questions. So it it is. I think that's that's one of the lessons that you ironically learn is that how to be okay with asking questions and admitting to people that you not just yourself but other clinicians that you don't know something and and chasing it up because yeah the reality is that with ninety nine percent of people you don't actually look bad. It's a it's a sign of strength and. Um, a sign that you're keen to to learn so it's um that's one of the best the best lessons that um yeah i suppose i learned in my early early days starting out you're willing to put your ego and appearance to the side yeah. in the yeah. interests of getting to the bottom of the the problem which they've come yeah. here to see you for 
Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, 100%. This is wise words, really valuable for students, I would have thought, and for new grads listening to this who are in the same boat as you and who are, who are dealing with that. Do you, when it's a little bit nerve wracking, as you said, to say you don't know when you probably should know this, but yeah. it's more important to admit that you don't know than to try to make things up and try to appear like you know everything. Yeah, exactly. And, and I, I myself, I don't, I don't like not, not knowing things. I like getting to the bottom of things. So it, it for me, it was uh, it was almost a yeah a, a must when I realised that when I started out there was so much I didn't know it was like alright I gotta gotta do something about this. <laughs> we um it's it's really good talking to you after however many how many years ago were you twenty seventeen so yeah yeah now we're twenty twenty three when you were in first year and seeing the growth in you personally and seeing what you're doing professionally. Um, what are some tips? I'm just gonna an unplanned question here because I do send <laughs> guests on a spot. bit of a sketch of the questions. What what are some tips that you could give to our first years? It's, this, it's week two right now. They've come yeah, in. Right. We had a really good session yesterday um, in applied anatomy, and everyone was engaged and working away, which is great. Good on them, and good luck to that group going through. So, what tips could you give them in terms of maybe from just from from a musk private practice perspective, because that's where you're coming from, from where they are now. They're doing musculoskeletal practice, um, clinical. Um, clinical practice and learning their anatomy if they're not kind of sure what all this is about and where it's going? Yeah, um, that's, a, that's a really good question. Um, I suppose, I guess one one tip, as I sort of mentioned before, like yeah, it is hard to know where it's going, but uh, I suppose in one sense, you know, got to trust the process because it does, it does end up coming full circle and being really important. But um, yeah, I guess if I could go back in time, I would say to myself, uh, yeah, probably concentrate a little bit harder in, in practice and, and actually ask a bit more questions. And, you know, I think in, in prac, I remember my prac in first year was, it was that late, that late session, I think it was like three to five. Uh, we oh, yeah. had lectures at eight in the morning and you, you're sort of there all day. I think we, I think I might've had two or three hours in the library in the middle of the day, just sort of twiddling my thumbs when I probably should have been studying. But, um, uh, that late session was a bit of a grind to get some <laughs> part of it is you're just having fun with your mates and you want to get through it. But um, I think, yeah, like I said, if I could go back to, to go back in time, I'd, um, I'd, I'd get people like yourself to really look at my hands on skills and ask some questions. And if you don't know, ask you yeah, where, where does this come in handy? Why would I ever need to use this technique? Who on who would I use this technique on? Ask those sort of questions because yeah, I remember a lot of us were just flying through it and having a bit of a laugh, but um yeah, they are, they are really important. So those certainly from a practical um, sense, those would be some tips that I would uh, encourage. It's just mm -hmm. um, try and try and knuckle down as best you can. Take lots of notes as well. I remember my practice was empty, which was <laughs> just pretty silly because um, some people had some fantastic notes and now they have those to look back on. But um, take lots of notes because I remember I learned that the hard way. I didn't do that in the first semester and then in second semester, my, my book was full. Um, but that if they're in week two, that would be a good tip is just, um, yeah, right, right, right. These and, are really um, good tips. Hey, you can apply these tips as someone with 30 years experience who's going to a Friday night professional development event uh, yeah. because we rely on the, rec oh, is the, re the recordings going to be available is the most popular question. <laughs> and I'll look at them and you never do. Taking yeah. notes, that active listening and reflecting as you go is a great tip. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I still have mates that have their prep books and look back on them now. Um, because they do come in, they do come in handy in, in a lot of senses. But um, 
Yeah, I, I think that would be my, my biggest one. You know, the as you say, the recordings for the lectures are, are available. They stick around for a little while. So you can always <clears throat> reflect back on those and watch them again if you need. But the pracs, uh, I don't know about now, but they certainly weren't recorded back in my day. And um, yeah. yeah I, it's, the I, same. it's for a privacy. Of course. With yeah, people of undressing course. and disrobing. Of course. Well, so. Yeah, of, of course. So, yeah. That, you um, have to have a, a – you have to – so the, the primary goal in university is to train yourself to be a lifelong learner and to learn how to think critically. So one of the things you said there would, was asking the question, which is a great question, which I love it when I'm asked this, where would this technique be useful? When would you apply it? And it asked that to any tutor and they'll, their eyes will light up and oh, let, me, let me tell you, because that's, that's why you're here, that's why you're learning it. And that, that's perhaps that missing link between learning a lot of stuff, cramming in a lot, a lot of knowledge, and then there's the issue of learning for assessments as well which can make it very focused yeah, on I think, rote learning. I think that's the, yeah, that, and that, that's part of, um, I guess, what I found was that the, you were so concentrated on getting the right technique for OSCEs and for the things that actually were marked on, like I said, just getting through it um, without sort of, you know, I guess you're thinking very horizontally and just, yet yeah, tick this box, tick this box, tick this box, without thinking vertically above and below in terms of what am I doing with this technique? Why am I... Um, why am I applying it? Um, all those sort of questions that now I think about when I'm in the in the in the room with the patient. Um, a certain amount of that is required, though. You've so it's easy for me to take it for granted how much new knowledge you have to learn. You have to learn the whole language of anatomy in Latin and Greek, and apply that simultaneously to to regions and systems as you go through. At the same time, dig deep into twelve cases per semester, and writing on those cases, and then learn tricky skills it's it, you it's it's not easy to to talk to someone to gain empathy and to place your hands on that person or to get them to do something that might be painful or or get them to do something that might be scary for example getting out of bed for the first time and assessing yeah. their dizziness and everything else that there are hundreds of things that are going through your head and they're all important and you need to filter them and and then again, credit to someone who's doing this in their second preferred language as well. I think sometimes that horizontal approach of let's get to that point where I can pass an exam and your marks, great, whatever they are, but you're safe, competent, effective. You're of ready course. to layer on top of that. I think there, there, there is a bit of wisdom in in just making sure you do that, that base stuff you get first, through it. but then yeah. also to reflect, like you said, just don't just do that. You do really need to think about why am I here? Why does this matter? When would I yeah. use this? I think the why is the, the big question. Absolutely. You've got to get through it. You've got to pass. You've got to, you know, hopefully do well, all those sorts of things. But um, the why, just uh, sum up what, what your question was and what tip would I give myself or what tip would I give the first years now is just ask why a lot more mm -hmm. um, because we're, we ask what probably a bit too much. And uh, that's um, that's a really important skill to learn. And, and it tested me in uh, in like those anatomy exams we used to have because they were applied anatomy. You know, I, I thought when I was learning um, the, the, the knowledge, I thought I was pretty good at anatomy. And then I'd rock up to one of these exams and I'd get stumped because um, they weren't going to ask me, oh, what nerve would you find here or what muscle is this? It was like, when would this be applicable and, and how, would, how would you apply this knowledge? And uh, you know, uh, I mean, I got through them, which was very lucky, but it um, it stumps you because you don't often think like that when you're just trying to tick the box. You're learning the rote, rote uh, skills, as you said, and and um, without asking yourself why, 
that's when you do uh you can land yourself in a bit of hot water <laughs> so that would be the best um yeah best advice i could give just just ask why a lot more mm. oh so good so important why are you here as well because yeah. that's that's a tricky one if you've just got into this course it's you needed a 98 on, on a Victorian system on the ATAR or whatever that is percentage-wise around the world. You needed a high grade to get into it. You've come from school and you've had a bit of a holiday and you've turned up its first year and we're talking about complex concepts, clinical skills, professionalism, communication, all these things that you don't, you're not even sure what a physio does. Yeah. Exploring a little bit about what what a physiotherapist does in your spare time is it's probably a very good idea as well. But also, why are you here? I'm not suggesting anyone who's in the physio course shouldn't be there, but you should reflect on that. Like, oh, absolutely. Why are yeah. you doing all this? Yeah, and and that's I suppose what I touched on before is a lot of people don't, um, including myself, don't fully know what a physio does when they step through those doors. Um, which I don't think is a bad thing. I think that's part of what you get. It's what get, it is. Get, yeah. Yeah, what it is, it's why yeah. you're there. You get to learn about um, what the profession involves. I certainly had no idea that there was any such thing as a neurophysio or a respiratory physio. I, my world thought sport and that was about it. Um, but that's the beauty of what you learn. Um, and then people come to not only learn those things, but then they they resonate with them a lot more and they end up as great neurophysios or respiratory and they're the great stories you hear about. So um, I think part of that is... Part of that, yeah, you should know a little bit about what you're getting to, but um, also be welcome to the parts that you you won't know what you're going to get yourself into. Oh, I hope people, I hope someone's listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> you, you never know. I get some podcast stats. I can actually shout out to lots of people around the world. There's people in many countries all around the world who are tuning in. And um, if you've, you work with a new graduate, if you're a student, you could share it with your friends. Just if you can get that message from Josh out to as many people as possible who are studying physiotherapy or becoming a lifelong learner, we'll be really grateful because I don't care about how many people subscribe to my podcast. I'm honestly doing this so I can connect with people like Josh and you listening. And hopefully someone will find that valuable because what I do is physio education and research. And I, I just want people to go into the university and do the course and love it and open up as many doors as they can, including what we're about to talk to, traveling to the UK or traveling around the world or working in different roles and just becoming a well-rounded person who can help people because that's what we want to do. We want to help people have a good quality of life and get out of our own heads and, and enjoy it. It's the best career. I'm very biased. I think it's the best career you could ever have it's given me so much so i hope people are listening to this <laughs> share around <laughs> if you find it valuable so do you want to travel to the uk me myself <laughs> virtually right now so you virtually. and Alyssa are going uh later this year yes yeah we're um we're planning off in, the big trip off in, off in june spending spending at least the summer in uh in the warm uk so what so, motivated um, you to make the decision to to travel overseas, especially as so you've been out for a few years. Um, so a younger professional, it's a big step, isn't it? You're yeah, going to a new healthcare is. system. You might be, you're in private practice now. You, you might be doing hospital work and you will be doing lots of different things that you never expected to do, by the way. Um, you're brave. Good on you. But what mo what's what motivated you to make this decision? Yeah, I think, I, I mean, I had a lot of, um, 
lot of lecturers and uh, I suppose supervisors at, at um, on placement do it, including including yourself. Um, and you hear a lot about um, those experiences and how valuable they are and how much uh, perspective they give you for the job that you come back to, I think. So for me, that was a, a real uh, selling point was that it just gives me another uh, another tool in my toolbox and another thing to reflect on. I think in the broadest in the broader scope of life as well, you know, having those experiences when you're young and you're able to and and, and something that you can look back on uh, perhaps when you're in your later years of uh, the profession and say, oh, I did that, that was pretty exciting, that's pretty cool, um, is something that also really drew me to it. Not not um, not to say that I'm not going to learn, but um, just to have the experience I think is going to be is going to be really, really valuable and um, something that I'm going to hopefully reflect back on really fondly. So as it sounds like you have as well. So that, that's that's exactly um, why I'm why I'm doing it, and I think the learning comes as a comes as a bonus. That's so good. That's the why, and let's talk about the what, because there will be some listening to this who are thinking, hmm, let's start some plans, or they may be further along the planning journey than you are. So currently, we have, or you can tell me. But back when I did it, there was a registration process which involved lots of paperwork, and it was actually literally mailing paperwork. I hope that's changed. Yeah, um, it, it has. I don't, I don't think it's pretty recent, by the sounds of it, but luckily it has. So yeah. um yeah, it's a fair it's a fair process. It's um not not a yeah, not a quick process, but um so worth because it, of similarities in our training, we have a, a the ability to get registered in the UK, which is yeah. why it's popular compared to the USA. There's a lot of yes. people who go, definitely go to the USA, amazing system, very different system over there in an amazing country and some you know, all the national parks and things you can, and cities and things you could see over there. There'd be many more health professionals traveling to the US, but you have to sit an exam. So yeah, that's right. one factor. So um, tell us about how easy or hard it is to get the registration happening. Um, oh, look, it's not, I wouldn't say it's hard. They, they certainly do welcome it. I've certainly had some really lucky, um, uh, like some, some, some great people assist me with it along, along the way, like um, a few people from some companies that help send physios from Australia, um, over to the UK. And oh, so you're going through an agency. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I, I suppose I'm in the early-ish stages of it in the sense that I've only just been, uh, like they've given me their advice and their help and how to all how to all set it up i couldn't have done it without those people but um yeah it's i wouldn't say it's uh too difficult there is as you say a lot of paperwork to it so you have to you know i had to contact monash and get in touch with all the people that helped give me uh the big 30 page document of all the placements i did and skills i learned and all that sort of stuff and now you electronically submit that online rather than mail it um so that's the course transcript when i was Back back in the day, it was just a list of grades for units. So, what's this thirty page it's, document? Uh, yeah, it was it was very thorough. The, so, you get a transfer when you graduate, which has yeah, you're right, your grades and things like that. Mm -hmm. This was more of a um, oh, more like your learning objectives and things like okay. that. Um, yeah, or what you learned in each uh, you know in each unit, um, and yeah, all the skills that you learned. I guess to make sure that it it is actually a um, you know, a reciprocal degree in the sense yeah, that they, sure. they recognize what, what we've learned is similar to what they learn. Um, and that's, that's signed by the, the dean and things like that. So, 
they um yeah you need that you need that document to to get anywhere to start off with and then it's just about um putting together a bit of a resume as to um almost like the UK APRA equivalent um mm. just putting putting all that together and um and sending sending that off and paying the the handsome fee so <laughs> yeah. that was um that was a process it'll be worth it where whereabouts are you going so we're starting in London um to, it's always a good place to, to start, to start with. yeah I think that's where the the most opportunity is in terms of um, the amount of positions available. Um, I'd love to go to Glasgow, as you said before. We get to touch on that. Like that, that'd be um, that'd be amazing. I think to to work in in, in Scotland and um, get the, a, a different experience to what you'd probably get in London. But um, we're starting there just for the for the UK summer, um, and then I guess the beauty of of work over there is that you can do a bit of an on off type arrangement. You can do a bit of work and do a bit of travel on the on the weekends and if you sort of take a break in your in your work you can travel around Europe for a bit so we'll probably do a bit of on off for a little while and and see what we like and, and maybe settle down there have you traveled before i have yeah i have um i've done a, i've done a little bit around europe um but i think when you i went with just some mates and you know when you're doing it with mates uh when you're young you, you, you just fly through it you don't you don't really stop and smell the roses too much so it'd be good to be over there to 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 live there and, and actually just uh, get a get a different sense of what that what that actually is like. Um, it's a very because, different yeah. experience. All the ups and downs of living and working. Yeah, and, and you're not you're not rushed. Yeah, yeah, you know, like you know, when you're holidaying, you know, you've got three days here and two days here and that sort of thing. Whereas when you're working over there, it's um it's a very different story. You, you just go and smell the roses and and um yeah, get a real real sense of what each place that you you visit is like. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that side of things. So for planning ahead, um, what, what other tips could we give people who are planning or thinking about this experience? Um, yeah. Um, well, I suppose, like I said, I, I, I got um, help from a company called Just Physio. Um, I don't know if you're, you're familiar with them, um, but the, the the people who have helped me from, from that company have been really fantastic um give me a lot of their time and a lot of their um advice on how to go about it and how to start start all that up so i guess if yeah if you are thinking about um perhaps going over there there'd be some really good people to to contact um because it helped me a lot um but yeah i mean i, I i'm sort of like i said i'm flying blind a little bit i haven't uh, <laughs> i haven't worked in the uk before i've only ever been there for a bit under a week so i don't really know too much about it so i, I feel like it'll be a lot of learning on the go a bit like starting out private practice to some extent it's that that learning curve and it's that um yeah being being good on your feet learning on the fly that all i think will, will come with the experience but um yeah we'll, we'll, we might have to get a part two involved of <laughs> all the things i took out of it when we come back i think so i think we need to come back and ask those questions again and and, yeah. and really reflect on it personally when i traveled when susanna and i traveled there was you know everything you've said so the the personal experience, the travel, the living in the country, and really understanding a different healthcare system, and of course picking up all these different skills, that's you know that's what gained from it. That's why we did it. Um, don't underestimate just how much fun it is to just meet new people and go traveling to new places. And it's not just about cities as well. When you're young, okay, fine, go to Prague and you know go to go to nightclubs and all that stuff. But uh, there's so many natural wild places as well that you can travel. And if you're working there, you've got UK pounds as well. So they're worth a lot. So you can go travel and that's really good. 
Yes. And you, yes. Just, yeah, just the people that you'll connect with and you'll still stay in contact with. It's a really important formative growth part of your life. I mean, at some stage, you know, following a traditional pathway, settle down and have fewer opportunities for, for doing stuff like this. And you will look back on it and say, wow, okay. I wish that, I remember when I was there, I was sort of wished it wouldn't end. But at the same time, summer ended and we're in Glasgow and it started to get <laughs> dark and raining and everything. And we thought, we ended up moving from, from Glasgow then to Darwin. Wow. It was just, it was an op, there was a work opportunity yep. there. And we, yeah, we went from really cold weather, wearing raincoats everywhere to Darwin, walking around in singlets and, and I just you know, ride a bike to work and have so a how long were you in the do some work, UK ride for? back, jump in the swimming pool. And it was very, very different. It was good. Uh, we were the only, we were there in 2007 for most of that year. So okay. we, got, we yeah. you know, so really similar to the stage you're at. So we just got married and then off we went. Yeah, fantastic. So if, if anyone's thinking of, okay, they're a bit ambivalent, what, what do I do? Um, should I, should I go? Should, oh, maybe I've got, should I work? Um, this could be linking back to an earlier thought of yours that about mistakes. So maybe you might be fearful. I might make a mistake here. Um, maybe it's not for me. That's a pretty good mistake to be making though. There's going to be so many good things you get out of that if that is a mistake, and it's probably not. It's going to yeah. be a really exciting time in your life. Yeah, I think I was, I was speaking about this with a few mates. I was trying to sell them into the idea as well, and I think one of the points I was, I was making is to me at the moment there's not there's not much of a downside in in doing it. I mean, sure you lose a bit of money in, in the, all the applications process, but I think I'd rather lose a bit of money and take a chance. And if you get over there and, and you know you really don't like it, then you can always come home. But I think that's a very slim slim chance of, of happening. And you know I'd rather pay for the experience and have a you know have something to talk about when you get back. And then 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 yeah, sort of think about it too much and, and not actually take the opportunity to go. So I think that's um that's a really yeah good point. Is there's not not much downside at least from where I stand now. Maybe in part two, it might be, but I think um certainly at the moment it's um sounds like a pretty good idea. Yeah, so there's obviously some deeper themes here than just planning a holiday and going overseas and and, and tips for doing that. And we'll get much more out of the um we'll get a lot of ideas out of part two um, when you get back. It could be before you go as well. One of those guests that I'm more than happy to have on here more than once. I've said the same thing to Brian. I think we've had him on two or three times following a series of whoever's interested in coming on really of um, new grads and really reflecting on this important stage in your career and sharing that with other people. Cause I know there's people listening to this will go, yeah, okay. I can really resonate with, I can really relate to what Josh is saying about working in a private practice and how sometimes you're, a bit insecure about saying I don't know or I'm not sure or asking questions. So I think sharing these experiences is just invaluable. But we'll, we'll come back to it and we'll find out all the crazy stuff you did <laughs> and how much fun you had and that'll be really good. And also we'll get some other um, people on who are in the same boat as well, having a similar planning stage of their life and find out. And that way we can share some ideas with people who are interested in doing the UK thing or travelling anywhere else as a physio. Um, finally... Anything else that you wanted to to add here? So what are your well, I'll leave it open. Anything, anything <laughs> else you wanted open. to add? <laughs> That's very open. 
Uh, I might need a little more context. In, in what, in what, <laughs> that that question's worked well for me. <laughs> yeah, that question's worked quite well for me in the last few episodes, sort of wrapping things up. Anything Just else when you, we want to add? And I've got some gold out of people. That's uh, not really a question, that's, is it? That's, that's, that's really stumped me. I mean, <laughs> I think, I mean, look, it's, it's yeah, I think it's with, with the UK thing, um, as I said before, it's a lot of it, I'm flying blind. Uh, I feel a bit under um, qualified, I suppose, to, to, to talk about and try and try sell That's people good. into the, the idea. But it's, um, you know, I, I will, yeah, we'll, I'll be able to That's tell you fine. more and I hopefully get back. But this um, is the story of where you are at this stage in your development. That's it. There's no right or wrong answer to where it should be. So that's great. But I mean, we, we're here, we've touched on a lot of stuff. We've really talked about some really practical tips for learning. And we're, we're talking directly to our first years from this year. And from your perspective, that was really good. Trust the process is one thing you said. Um, it's easy to get into. Um, stolen that from a few sporting teams, but uh, okay. <laughs> certainly not my saying. <laughs> yeah, but it's important though, isn't it? Mm. Trust that process of learning because you have to develop your own learning skills and habits as well. And and you had some really nice tips there. For example, from the um, you know, from the very focused, so taking lots of notes in classes and, you know, but through to the more reflective things like consider why you're here and, um, and why you would use a, a specific test or an assessment or a technique. So you've been really, some, some really nice reflections on your experiences as a student and how you've taken them into private practice. And then we'll come back to the UK stuff after you've done it. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. But really, really enjoyed chatting with you again, Josh, and seeing how far you've come since your early days of university so thanks for coming on uh, likewise it's been a, it's been a pleasure thanks very much Lee so everyone thanks for listening um, share the episode particularly if you've got a new grad or someone who is not just thinking about traveling to the UK but who is transitioning from them um, from student life to working life if you are in that position and you want to talk to me uh, I know Josh well from his Monash uni physio days but uh, you, doesn't, you don't have to be someone I know. You, if you want to connect with me and have a similar conversation and share your ideas and reflections, that's what this is for. That's why I'm doing it. So please connect with me. You can find all the details in the show notes. Um, Susanna and I are at Periton Physio um, and I'm at Luke Periton, mainly on Twitter because I'm lazy. I don't, can't be across all these platforms, but I'll be on Twitter at Luke Periton and at Periton Physio on everything. So Josh... Thanks very much. Appreciate the chat. Thanks, Luke. So until next time, this is Josh and Luke wishing you all the very best with your studying, professional development and lifelong learning. 